Welcome to College Football Live, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. If there's anything we can be sure of, this is the eve of chaos, because every Saturday it feels like what we think we know can, turns out to be completely not true. We'll break it all down, though. College Football Live, Joey Galloway, David Pollock, I'm Jason Fitz, and let's get right to one of the big matches of the weekend. That's number 11, Florida, at home against the top-ranked Crimson Tide. Alabama's been rolling everybody so far, but Florida isn't a pushover, and this game is in the swamp. Could the unpredictability continue? Let's hear from some of the key players in this game. Anytime you have the opportunity to beat the number one team in the country, it's going to be huge. This is our first SEC game. We know how good an opponent Florida is. We know how hostile the environment is going to be. It's Bama, like you can't look past them or anything. You just got to come out there and play your game. Knowing that we're the underdogs, that brain more fire to the flame. This is why you come to Florida, you know, so you can play in these type of games. The offense, they're very explosive. He keeps plays alive, and he's really good with his feet standing plays. Touchdown, Alabama! We know it's going to be a crazy atmosphere in the swamp. It's going to be loud. Having 90,000 Gator fans going crazy always gives you a little bit of an edge. There's nothing like being in an opposing stadium where it's packed and everybody's going crazy. I love the energy. We want to play with the best and compete with the best, so I feel like it's a great start for us. Right now, it's the most important game to us because it's the next one. It's time to bring the A game. I got that adrenaline. Somebody let me in. All right, the Gators will host the Crimson Tide in the Swamp, looking to reverse their fortunes against fellow SEC foes since Tebow's departure following the 2009 season. Florida's winless in six games against Bama, having been outscored by an average of nearly two touchdowns in those contests. So, David Pollock, how does Florida pull off the impossible and get the upset here? First of all, just about everybody's 0-6 or 0-10 or 0-12 against Bama. The, actually, the 14-point differential ain't bad. Um, when you look at Florida, I think it's you're finding your way offensively. But the one thing you do know is they can run the football. They'll do it in two different ways with two different quarterbacks. Emory Jones is going to start, but he's got great wiggle. Uh, you know, Dan Mullen has consistently run quarterback run game. What does Alabama struggle with typically in the past? We've seen them struggle with the run game, with the tempo. So I think Florida uses the momentum at home, uses their two quarterbacks system with the new kid Richardson and the running back uses Davis running the football tries to you know outscore Bama I think you know you got to score points and Dan Mullen one of the best offensive coaches in college football he's going to get a lot of it done I think on the ground it's always interesting when we have these conversations like how do you beat Alabama and it's outscore them because their offense in the past few years has been that good that we don't even have a conversation about someone trying to stop their offense or slow their offense down so you're right they have to just simply outscore them and these young quarterbacks and Jones and Richardson are going to have to have their best games of their lives to to pull this off because the defense of Alabama is extremely good uh, they get after the quarterback and I think they set a tone in the first week against Miami defensively they set a tone against an athletic quarterback in De'Ara King that they were going to get around him send some blitzes and then later in the game just flat get there with their front four so we talk about it like hey just outscore them but I don't know how you do that right now. <laughs> it's easy, you know, just go do it. Yeah, that, that's all we're asking for. And well, Pollock mentioned the points, but take a look at this. Florida up against the odds in this one, quite literally. Alabama currently favored by 14 and a half points. 
making the Gators the second largest home underdogs while being ranked top 15 in the AP poll since the turn of the century. Each of these teams favored in the four matchups you see here were the top ranked team in the country at the time of the matchup. So Joey, is this massive point spread, is it more about Alabama or is it more of a statement about where Florida is right now? It is absolutely about Alabama. I can't think of a team in college football outside of maybe Georgia uh, that wouldn't be a 14-point underdog to Alabama right now. David, maybe you have a couple in your bag, but as you look across college football, from what I've seen through two, three weeks, there's been two teams that have separated themselves and then one team separated from that group. It's been Alabama's been the best team and Georgia is behind them. I don't know who else in the country right now that you would think would stay within a 14-point uh, spread against this Alabama team. I think it says how much do we, how much we trust Alabama and how much Vegas trusts Alabama. Like, dude, we've seen it now. I mean, I mean, Joey, we're going on what like ten years of doing this stuff, and it's every year, and they show up every year, and there's question marks every year, and God, Mac Jones is gone. Okay, well, the next guy, Bryce Young's in, and he's the Heisman front runner at the current moment. So it's just a trust factor that you know Alabama's going to bring their best. Nick Saban's in press conferences against Mercer last week, blowing up, and he's pissed off, and his team's not giving the right kind of effort because he knows. He's talking to them, and they're trying to win a championship down the road. So it says more to me about Alabama. Yeah, mentioning championships, obviously everything has playoff implications. So this game is no different to that. When you talk about the playoff implications, we've got a graphic here to show everybody uh, that gives you a little bit of an idea of what this means. Alabama's uh, chance to make the college football playoff based on the result of week three. They win, it goes up to 82%. So with a Florida win, they get a massive jump in this, obviously, as everybody's trying to find a way to beat Bama to get that signature win. Easier said than done. Speaking of playoff implications, there are plenty of them elsewhere this weekend, including Auburn headed to Happy Valley to take on Penn State. That's obviously where Pollock is right now. Everybody's excited for the whiteout. Here's Trevor Maddich with Trevor's take on the Penn State defense. Auburn scored a combined 122 points against Akron and Alabama State. Yay. But as they watch Penn State's defense on tape, they'll see a whole new set of problems, including how they had a late goal line stand against Wisconsin where they had the Badgers continuously guessing wrong. So let's go to Madison. Second and goal. Couple of minutes to go. Penn State up by six. Wisconsin sees two safeties back, so they figure they're going to run it. But then Jaquan Brisker fires at the snap and makes the tackle behind the line behind the right guard. So next play, Wisconsin's like, okay, two safeties back. If you're going to be aggressive, we're going to throw the ball. But this time, Penn State drops eight. They only rush three. And Wisconsin quarterback, Graham Mertz, doesn't have anywhere to throw the ball in all that crowd. So now, it's fourth and goal. And this time, Wisconsin almost guesses right. It is indeed a big blitz. It is indeed man coverage across the board. But where they get it wrong is that Brisker is in man coverage against the back. And when the back blocks, Brisker takes his eyes from his guy to the quarterback, who's about to throw the go-ahead touchdown to his tight end. And Brisker steps in front and takes it away. It is this ability that Penn State's defense has to get inside the head of the offense, combined with their athletes who can well and truly hit you in the mouth, that make this an utterly different kind of challenge for Bo Nix and this Auburn offense. All right, speaking of Bo Nix, 
He's struggled in his career away from the Plains. The junior quarterback has thrown more interceptions and touchdowns in nine road contests during his three seasons at Auburn, leading the Tigers to a four and five mark in those games. That compared to a stellar 20 to one touchdown ratio to interception ratio while winning, winning at home at higher than an 850 clip. So obviously the question becomes here. David Pollock, what's your level of confidence in Bo Nix? Are we going like one to ten? If no, we're going we'll go one to ten, yeah. One to ten, I, I put it at about a six. Um, <laughs> I just, I haven't. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, not saying I'm not trying to be negative to the kid, but he showed on the road. He's, he struggled. It's a new offensive system. Obviously, I think gives him a little bit more hope. I like what they're doing. More two tight end sets, and I think they're they're more productive. I think they're less predictable. So this might give us a, a better uh, indicator of where Bo Nix is. But I think Bo Nix is going to have the opportunity to have a run game with Tank Bigsby, who's one of the best players in college football at the running back spot. So six, six to seven, six, hey, Joey, 6.85. <laughs> How about that? That's about the shakiest six I've ever heard a player get out of you, Pollock. It was, and, and honestly, to be nice. I, yeah, I understand it because we need to see it from Bo Nix. And, and we've been talking about this for a couple years now. Uh, in the bigger spots, in the bigger games, uh, he hasn't been that guy that they could lean on to go out and win a football game for him. So I understand why that six is shaky. Uh, in my mind, when he asked you the question, I was guessing you were going to go five. And that's probably why you were a little hesitant when you went all the way up to number six. But this will be a terrific test. This will be a better question after this game because this one is the one you're yeah. on the road, you're at Penn State. Penn State is also a team that is playing better than they did last season. So these are two teams that really need this win to sort of get their programs going in the right direction after last season. Well, Joey, stick there for a second because you're talking about needing the win. And for Penn State, this looks like an unusual year in the Big Ten. Ohio State took a loss, right? So where does Penn State sit in your mind in the Big Ten? The Big Ten is probably more wide open uh, at this point in the season than we've seen it in a long time. If anybody had to pick a team that was probably the best in the Big Ten right now, they would say Iowa. And that is something that we haven't said in the past few years. So Penn State's sitting in a situation where, because they're in the Big Ten East, they'll get their shot at Ohio State, they'll get their shot at Michigan. We don't know where they are yet, but what we do know is Sean Clifford has not turned the ball over this season. And that was a huge issue for Penn State last season was turning the ball over, throwing interceptions. He hasn't done that yet, but they hadn't really played anybody. So we'll see after this game once again where Penn State is. But, I mean, I don't see anybody in the Big Ten East that I would say, hey, they're clearly the favorite. Joseph Scott Galloway, you're telling you me got? if I asked you the question right now and I said, Joey, who's the best team in the Big Ten? You're telling me the best team in the Big Ten is Iowa? I would take Iowa right now for what they did against Indiana, what they did against Iowa State. I don't know how you would pick anybody else. Because Ohio State's not insanely more talented, and I think Ohio State could score at will on those teams, even though those teams yeah. – Iowa's got a great defense, mm -hmm. and their zone defense is awesome. But against all that skill, and we start putting some of those freak shows like Alave in the slot and saying, now you play zone, it usually doesn't add up well. And offensively, I think Iowa's still got a big question mark. They're not running the football like they were. I know they play great defense, but – I'm still taking Ohio State as the best team in the Big Ten. I, I'm chiming in here, Pollock. Are you not concerned about the fact that now two different teams have shown that you can run the ball directly at Ohio State? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I'm, 
If you're asking me if I'm terrified of their defense, 100%. But if you're asking me if every defense in the Big Ten is terrified of their offense, the answer is yes. I mean, I, I think their defense, schematically, we can make some changes. We can learn how to be a spill player or a box player, learn how to play man-to-man -man coverage, and when my guy cracks, I know how to replace. We can do some of those adjustment things and get better. You can't get faster and get more freaks on the field. Ohio State is so much more talented than everybody else. That's the reason why Ohio State, in the end, I think they'll figure out they'll get better defensively. I don't think they're going to be elite, but they're so good offensively and they're so much more skilled than everybody else. That's the problem for everybody else in the Big Ten. Now, if you're so, saying what they figured out later, I would agree with you there. But I'm saying right now, after we just watched them lose to Oregon, after we watched the Minnesota game to begin with, I agree with you. There is a lot of offensive firepower but defensively, they haven't been the team we expected to see. So if you take a team like nah, Iowa, who we know to be physical, who we know to play with two tight ends, I would not say right now that Iowa could not run the ball against the Ohio State defense the way we know Iowa to be a physical football team. So, yes, I would feel comfortable saying through two weeks, Iowa's the better football team. Let's get back Agreed to Penn disagree. State. Let's, let's get back to this portion of Penn State because, Pollock, you're at the whiteout, obviously, for game day. Uh, Joey, you know this crowd so much. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. What does this mean for athletes that are playing? Like, Pollock, when you're playing in an environment like that for Auburn and everybody that's in involved in it, what impact does it actually have to the guys on the field? I was a defensive lineman. Joey was the athlete. But uh, it, it makes a big difference, especially from a standpoint of a defensive player, a defensive team. Listen, when we got the whiteout and everybody's going bananas, they can't communicate. The offense goes on a, on a, on a uh, silent count. So I basically know the snap count as well as the offensive tackle knows the snap count as opposed to being able to audibly say multiple snap counts. So it, it makes it harder for the offenses to communicate. It makes it a lot easier to have uh, mental mistakes and it makes it easier to get off sides. And so it's a huge benefit. And just the adrenaline. Remember, we're, we're 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids. We change our mind every two seconds, but when that crowd's giving you all that juice, man, it keeps you fired up and it sustains you for a longer period of time. Yeah, it'll be a, t a terrific uh, crowd there, and, and it'll be loud, it'll be noisy. And I think the only way for Auburn to go into Penn State in a whiteout and, and quiet this crowd is have success early. If they do not have success early in this game and do something to at least let the crowd sit down, it will be a long night. The noise... Uh, it, you can feel the energy in that stadium because they do such a great job with their whiteout. You know, there's a lot of stadiums in the country where you travel to and you say, man, that's a great crowd. Penn State's probably in the top you know, three or four in that group of places where you go play. You can feel the noise. You can feel the energy. And, and that's outside of, you know, you're trying to focus on your job. And if you're Bo Nix and this is a game on the road where you're trying to prove yourself that you're that guy that can handle this situation, being at Penn State in a whiteout is a tough place to go. Yeah, absolutely. I can say a couple years ago being there with game day, I had no idea how intense it would actually be. All right, be sure to check it out. Saturday Night Football presented by Capital One, the annual whiteout game in Happy Valley. Number 22, Auburn takes on number 10, Penn State, in the third ever meeting between the Tigers and Nittany Lions. That's 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific on ABC and the ESPN app. One app, one tap. Week three stacked full of great matchups. We know we're going to get to some of the best of the best and make sure you got, get caught up on everything you need to know. We'll do it next on College Football Live. College Football Live is presented by Buffalo Wild Wings.
You are watching College Football Live, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. It's time for our Invesco QQQ top performance. For that, we go to BYU, where they ended a 12-year, nine-game losing streak to the number 21 Utah Utes behind a huge game from quarterback Jaron Hall, completed 60% of his passes, threw for three touchdowns, added 92 yards on the ground for the Cougars in a huge win for them. That leads us to what's up next for them. Something you'll have to give when a pair of undefeated teams in Arizona State and BYU square off against one another on Saturday. Each team riding four-game winning streaks dating back to last season with the Cougars winning each of their last 11 games at home. Here's BYU coach Kalani, uh, Kalani Sataki talking about Arizona State. Tons of experience on their team and, and a lot of athleticism and speed. Uh, just like many of the great programs out there in the P5 level, um, they have, they're very big, athletic, strong, and really well coached. And so we've been really impressed with the things that we're seeing on film. Looking forward to the matchup and excited for this game, but um, uh, looking forward to welcoming them, welcoming them into our stadium, into our home, our, our home, and, and uh, we'll see what happens. We're looking, for, looking forward to a great matchup, and uh, it's an honor for us to be on, that, on the field with, with those type of athletes and that coaching experience. Now that's going to be a great game, but let's rapid fire through some other great games, starting with you, David Pollock. You're up. What you got first? Give me Michigan State and Miami. I think this is a good chance for, for an upset. I love what I've seen from Michigan State so far this season. Mel Tucker, he's gone to the transfer portal, and if you've seen Kenneth Walker rushing the football, my goodness, making big plays, breaking tackles. I think they got the quarterback spot figured out with Peyton Thorne. Like, this is the best I've seen Michigan State look in a while. You want some context? They averaged 18 points a game last year. They got 40. They're averaging 40 this year. This offense is totally different. It looks really, really good. Will it continue to hold up? I do not know, but I love what I see from Michigan State so far this season. And I got Purdue and Notre Dame, and, and we're still trying to figure out what is this Notre Dame team? We saw them play a barn burner against Florida State when they were up big, and they give up 18 points in the fourth quarter in a close game. If they play that way, then Purdue will absolutely have a chance to beat them with Jack Plummer playing at quarterback. Jack Cohn has been sacked 10 times through two games. Notre Dame has to fix that Jeez. and fix their defense to beat Purdue. Man, that's aggressive. That's a lot. That's a lot of sacks, Joey. Hey, yeah. what about Cincinnati? I think the Cincinnati game this next week, man, it's a big week. We talk about Cincinnati being a, a top 10 team already. Not Remember, they don't have an automatic bid. Not a lot of respect for that team, for those, the AAC. Dude, you're already ranked this high. You've got Indiana this week. You've got Notre Dame in a couple weeks. I think when you look at Desmond Ritter continue to evolve as a passer, uh, I think they, this is a team that can show this week and uh, the next game against Notre Dame after their bye week that, hey, maybe we can get in this playoff. Maybe we can start that discussion now. Yeah, how different does the Nebraska-Oklahoma matchup look than what it used to look like back in the day? Now it'll be air-out offense of Oklahoma trying to score 70 points with Spencer Rattler throwing the ball around. They didn't look great in week one against Tulane. Made a lot of people nervous with that defense not playing well. Now they're going up against Nebraska, Adrian Martinez, who leads the team in rushing. He's also their quarterback. A lot will be on his shoulders try to keep up with the scoring attack of Oklahoma, but it's going to be key for Adrian Martinez to have a big game. That's just a handful of the big games that are going. We're going to get you more of the games coming up. More College Football Live coming back at you now. Again. Oh, 
College Football Live, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. It's time for our Invesco QQQ Top Performance. For that, we go to BYU, where they ended a 12-year, nine-game losing streak to the number 21 Utah Utes behind a huge game from quarterback Jaron Hall. Completed 60% of his passes, threw for three touchdowns, added 92 yards on the ground for the Cougars in a huge win for them. That leads us to what's up next for them. Something will have to give when a pair of undefeated teams in Arizona State and BYU square off against one another on Saturday. Each team riding four-game winning streaks dating back to last season with the Cougars winning each of their last 11 games at home. Here's BYU coach Kalani Sataki talking about Arizona State. Tons of experience on their team and, and a lot of athleticism and speed. Uh, just like many of the great programs out there in the P5 level, um, they have, they're very big, athletic, strong, and really well coached. And so we've been really impressed with the things that we're seeing on film. Looking forward to the matchup and excited for this game, but um, uh, looking forward to welcoming them, welcoming them into our stadium, into our home, our, our home and, and uh, we'll see what happens. We're looking, for, looking forward to a great matchup, and uh, it's an honor for us to be on, that, on the field with, with those type of athletes and that coaching experience. Now that's going to be a great game, but let's rapid fire through some other great games. Starting with you, David Pollock, you're up. What you got first? Give me Michigan State and Miami. I think this is a good chance for, for an upset. I love what I've seen from Michigan State so far this season. Mel Tucker, he's gone into the transfer portal, and if you've seen Kenneth Walker rushing the football, my goodness, making big plays, breaking tackles. I think they got the quarterback spot figured out with Peyton Thorne. Like, this is the best I've seen Michigan State look in a while. You want some context? They averaged 18 points a game last year. They got 40. They're averaging 40 this year. This offense is totally different. It looks really, really good. Will it continue to hold up? I do not know, but I love what I see from Michigan State so far this season. And I got Purdue and Notre Dame, and, and we're still trying to figure out what is this Notre Dame team? We saw them play a barn burner against Florida State when they were up big, and they give up 18 points in the fourth quarter in a close game. If they play that way, then Purdue will absolutely have a chance to beat them with Jack Plummer playing at quarterback. Jack Cohn has been sacked 10 times through two games. Notre Dame has to fix that Jeez. and fix their defense to beat Purdue. Man, that's aggressive. That's a lot. That's a lot of sacks, Joey. Hey, yeah. what about Cincinnati? I think the Cincinnati game this next week, man, it's a big week. We talk about Cincinnati being a, a top 10 team already. Not Remember, they don't have an automatic bid. Not a lot of respect for that team, for those, the AAC. Dude, you're already ranked this high. You've got Indiana this week. You've got Notre Dame in a couple weeks. I think when you look at Desmond Ritter continue to evolve as a passer, uh, I think they, this is a team that can show this week and uh, the next game against Notre Dame after their bye week that, hey, maybe we can get in this playoff. Maybe we can start that discussion now. Yeah, how different does the Nebraska-Oklahoma matchup look than what it used to look like back in the days? Now it'll be 
air out offense of Oklahoma trying to score 70 points with Spencer Rattler throwing the ball around. They didn't look great in week one against Tulane. Made a lot of people nervous with that defense not playing well. Now they're going up against Nebraska Adrian Martinez who leads the team in rushing. He's also their quarterback. A lot will be on his shoulders to try to keep up with the scoring attack of Oklahoma, but it's going to be key for Adrian Martinez to have a big game. That's just a handful of the big games that are going. We're going to get you more of the games coming up, more College Football Live coming back at you now.
College Football Live is presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. Welcome to Monday Night Football with Peyton and Eli. This is what John Gruden is saying to Derek Carr. No huddle. Eli, they're going Bronco right tight, shorty flash. I'll let you know. Hey, deuce right, scat right, <laughs> double post. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to call my own play. Blue 20, blue 20. Easy, easy. Can, can. This helmet doesn't fit. Shocking, shocking that a helmet doesn't fit you. Peyton asked to get some wings. I know how you get when you get hungry. There's well, a great shot that of looks, you. That looks great. I feel like I'm at, at Manning Passing Academy. Oh, well, yeah. Why am I telling him to throw it away? I, think I taught him that at the Manning Passing Academy. What the heck is going on here? This was fun, bro. I can ride with four all All right, day. let's take a look at today's more driven player presented by Goodyear. Oregon CJ Verdell found Pater thrice, twice on the ground and once on the air uh, in the Ducks win over Ohio State last week. In doing so, he joined Ken John Barner as the only Oregon player with multiple such games over the last 20 seasons. Spectacular work by him. We got a big game tonight. UCF taking on Louisville. Let's get the guys' thoughts on it. Pollock, give us a pick. Who you got winning this one? UCF. Last time I saw Louisville when they played Ole Miss, it was ugly. There was nothing about it that I could brag to you about. Not offense, not defense, not special teams. Really, the only thing was a couple of ejections. That's the only thing that you could say about that game that I really, really remember anything happening for Louisville. So they, they got a long way to go. Yeah, Malik Cunningham's going to need some help. It, it was really ugly against Ole Miss. He's athletic. He'll make some plays, but I think UCF wins. As always, gentlemen, it's been fun being with you. Pollock, enjoy the whiteout. Joey Galloway, David Pollock, I'm Jason Fitz. Thanks for watching College Football Live.